1: The Andersonville Chamber of Commerce hosts Andersonville at Home for the Holidays, a virtual variety show streaming online this Sunday, December 13th at 7 p.m. Tune in for the holiday tunes, warm feels, and shop, dine, celebrate, and self-care from the small business community that needs your support. The program premieres on both the Chamber's Facebook and YouTube with live commenting during the show. For more information, go to Andersonville.org. You have to be a good neighbor. You have <laughs> to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, I'm going to be up your butt every day. Okay, Tony. What an Otherman? What? Only in Chicago, D. Only in Chicago. How's it going, everybody? We're live. Live stream chat. What's happening? Kathy, Frank, Pat Rod. Pat Rod has t-shirts for us, by the way, Ben. I've oh. been meaning to tell you that. We got to pick up those t-shirts. He lives like right by you. Dude, let's get the uh
0: pandemic mobile out. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Pat Rod? Let's get the pandemic mobile out. Whatever uh, that means. Brown line. Hold on. Hold on. Is All that- right. Ah! Tony's they made Tony drive it today
1: just for
0: open up your restaurant you gotta drive the brown
1: line oh all right and remember <laughs> yeah. uh, what we learned last week there's that mute button if ever uh, you know that brown line come let's let's do a mute test by the way uh, let's let's get that mute button going let's hear it all right well I'm talking oh where'd he go where did he go Ben hello hello Ben
0: And that's why I gave Dennis all that money. So that's what I was saying. Okay. (laughs) That was great. That was nice. What can I say? I've been in the game a while, D,
1: okay? (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, my God. Okay, your Ben show is just moments away. Uh, It's Thursday, December 10th, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Ben show is brought to you by the Chicago Reader. For more information on things you need to know about the city of Chicago, you got to check out the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com, and subscribe, why don't you? A big way to support this program if you enjoy it is to subscribe to the Chicago Reader. Also, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right, you have a song of the day, Ben. Your song of the day comes from Alan Sherman, and it's Hello Mudda, Hello Fada." Do you know that song? No.
0: Hold on. That's a great song, Alan. I love that. We should do a whole show on Alan Sherman. Hello Mudda, Hello Fada. How are things at? Camp Granada, something like that. Da, 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 da,
1: da, da. Well, I got to say, up until <laughs> the point where you were saying no words at all, that was pretty good. The hello, <laughs> mudda, hello, fought part was pretty good. It,
0: I can't remember. It's something out of Camp Granada. And he's having a miserable time at first, and then all of a sudden he has fun. He goes, forget everything I wrote. Alan Sherman was a genius, ladies and gentlemen.
1: He was a genius. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Thursday, December 10th, and live from my apartment in his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, our dear friend. Vincent E. Norman. And now, your host, Chicago reader columnist, Benny J. Ben Jarofsky.
0: Yeah, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Mind of MAGA Thursday. And here's why. As part of my effort to bridge the political gap that divides us, I'm taking a trip into the mind of MAGA. Yes, yes, it's like that movie starring Raquel Welch from the 60s. I think it was called Fantastic Voyage. Don't quote me on that, look it up on the internet, you'll see Fantastic Voyage. They go into the body of some human being. Anyway, I'm shrinking into a tiny particle and I'm crawling into the ear of MAGA. And here I go, down some tube into their brain. (laughs) It's a barren place. Frozen leaves, haunted, frightened trees, a windy beach. Suddenly, I feel like a character in an apocalyptic song by Bob Dylan. Having made this descent, this is what I discovered. MAGA.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what'd you discover? Come on, MAGA,
0: yeah? I was waiting for... Wait, who could possibly be calling me at this moment? Oh, you got a phone call. I got a phone call. Awesome. Uh, It's, I don't know. I think it's a
1: 888 number. Oh, don't answer that one. Who's on the line? Who called Ben? Ooh, it's MAGA. Double mystery. <laughs> Having made a descent into the mind of MAGA,
0: this is what I discovered. They think climate change is a hoax. They think the pandemic is not real. They don't believe they need to wear masks. They believe racism is non-existent that slavery wasn't so bad, and even if it had its ups and downs, get over it now. They think, in fact, that wearing masks is an infringement on their sacred liberties. On the other hand, they think that the election was stolen from Donnie Trump. They believe that the votes for Trump were thrown away and that votes for Biden were manufactured, and they believe this even if they're not a shred of evidence to substantiate it. In fact, they've taken their case to the U.S. Supreme Court. That's right. The attorney general of the state of Texas, a man named Kenny Paxson, has asked the Supreme Court to hear his case, arguing that they, the justices of the court, throw away the results in four states that went for Biden, which would give the election to Trump. Repeat, cannot emphasize this enough. They want the justices, three of whom have been appointed by Donnie, to throw out the results and name Trump the winner, even though Trump lost. Hold on, brown line going by. I'll let it pass to build the suspense. And later in the podcast, Dennis will cut this out, and it'll be as though it didn't exist. Yes. So let me repeat that. I'm not cutting they want that the out. to throw out the election.
1: Oh, brown line coming again. All Ready right. Go? Let's just power through that brown line. We've been doing this for months, man. Hey! They're giving out free cinnamon rolls on the brown line.
0: Heck of a job, Alderman Tony. Heck of a job. Where was I? Oh, yes. They, they want the justice to throw out the results of the election. And even though they have no proof that there was any voter fraud, they say it doesn't matter. They say that the levels of Biden's deceit were so brilliant that you can't see it. It's like an invisible friend. You know, the friend I talk to when I'm walking down the street, you can't see it, but I can. So therefore it must exist. And so they want the Supremes to believe in the existence of something that cannot be seen, heard, felt, or taste, because it exists only in the minds of MAGA. (laughs) And they want this thing that exists only in the minds of MAGA to substantiate overturning the will of the people. Okay, so here's the deal. Ken Paxton, Attorney General of Texas, is a wacko, who, by the way, is indicted on charges of security fraud and recently was accused of bribery. He says the charges are politically motivated, which by the way, I just wanna remind all my MAGA friends out there, is exactly what one Michael Joseph Madigan says. Just saying. Finally, some bipartisanship that we can all agree on. (laughs) When you get in trouble, blame it on partisanship. Anyway, think about that, folks. The Attorney General of Texas, a real law and order state. The guy in charge of enforcing all the laws in that law and order state is in fact accused of fraud. That's some law and order you got there, Republicans. So you say, well, Ben, Paxton is a wacko. Well, let me just say this. Ken Paxton has been joined by 17 other Republican attorney generals in his lawsuit. 17 states, folks, and I will now name them Missouri, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, and West Virginia. My legal friends, like the great Jim Coogan, say it's a Hail Mary. It's a legal joke. It has no possibility that it will be substantiated by the Supremes. Fair enough. But those 17 attorney generals are so afraid of antagonizing MAGA that they sign onto this wacky scheme to undo the election. Furthermore, Republicans throughout the country are proposing laws to make it even harder to vote by mail, to make it even harder to vote. It's like having invented a problem that does not exist, voter fraud, They're now coming up with proposals to solve it because, you know, it's really easy to solve a problem that didn't exist in the first place. Although you may create problems with your solutions to the non-existent problem. It's sort of like Trump and his wall. He made up a problem, immigration, in order to solve it by building a wall. And by the way, I just got a little nervous feeling that Alito... Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh, they hate the Dems so much that they may sign on for this cockamamie scheme. I'm just saying. I don't know about Neil Gorsuch or Amy Coney Barrett, but I'm a little worried about those others. So in conclusion, MAGA does not believe in things that demonstrably exist, like climate change and racism and the pandemic, but they do believe in something that doesn't exist except in their mind. I'm telling you, folks, the mind of MAGA is a scary place to be. We got a great show today, everybody. Vincent E. Norman, owner of the Marijuana Hall of Fame, will be here. And, you know, Dennis will once again be petitioning for his right to be included in the Marijuana Hall of Fame. And I say he should be put in the Marijuana Hall of Fame. I believe that this young man has spent... Years of his life working for that honor. I'm going to make his case.
1: I've never (laughs) did such a thing.
0: (laughs) I should be in the Marijuana Hall of Fame. Yes, I'm going to make that argument compelling. We got a lot to talk about including the bizarre attitude that Republicans have toward reefer. This is really weird. Like Oklahoma. I don't know if you know this folks, Oklahoma is by becoming like the state where medicinal marijuana is being uh, cultivated. It's like a growing business. And yeah, oh. Republicans,
1: would you call it? Oklahoma. Am I right?
0: <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen is exhibit a of why this man should be, not just in uh, the Marijuana Hall of Fame, but the Jokesters Hall of Fame, the Quipsters Hall of Fame, the Quick on His Feetsters Hall of Fame. Anyway, plenty to talk about with Vincent E. Norman. Before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man Vincent E. Norman calls the doctor
1: with the news. All these years. <laughs> Can't get a first name. Okay. How's it going, everybody? Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Today, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker will be delivering his 230 COVID-19 update at the Thompson Center. Vaccines are on the way. Governor JB Pritzker recently announced that the first delivery of a vaccine could arrive in Illinois as early as next week, although it could take several months until it becomes widely available. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, laid out the city's vaccine distribution plans on Wednesday. Ben, how are we feeling about this today?
0: Um, wow, well, I'm all over the map on this one, D.
1: That's why I put today.
0: Uh, first of all, Yeah, that's the today. That was good. Subtle. Went over my head. Right over my head. I thought it was an airplane, but that was subtlety. Uh, So, yes, we discussed And and by the way, I'm blaming this on the bright one. This is the Sun-Times' fault. My indecision, my being like a flag in the wind is the fault of the Sun-Times. And it's a larger issue with the media, if I may raise this point. And allow me to raise this point. The media... Will put something out on Monday, which they will completely refute on Tuesday, but they won't like act like what they did on Monday existed. You ever notice that day? I'm just saying, I don't want to sound like a Republican who's always bashing the media. I'm just putting this out there as a guy who has lived within the media universe my entire adult life, working for and having read. It's, it's really prevalent among uh, guys who write sports. Guys who write sports like they have to have instant opinions about something that took place on Sunday. So like for six days, they are predicting, let's say the bears will win. The bears are great. The bears are awesome. Then the bears will lay a stink bomb on Sunday. And on Monday, it'll be like, Oh yes, everybody knew they had no offensive line. Oh, it's so obvious. Their quarterback's <laughs> terrible. And it's, it, it's as clear as that blue sky in the, in the heavens, that they have no offensive scheme. You know, whatever, they, what, <laughs> all of a sudden, because you see the evidence of how wretched the Bears are, they declare it, and no one mentions the things they wrote the six days before that. So it's much the same way in politics, with newspapers. You know, they didn't, and, and just, not just newspapers, but uh, you know, radio, but WBs, all of them. So yesterday, the Sun-Times had this headline, shot or not. And they had a picture of the nurse from uh, Stroger Hospital, and she was uncertain as she, whether she would take the COVID uh, the uh, vaccine. Remember that, D? We talked about it. it got me all scared. Cool, <laughs> like, oh, maybe I shouldn't take it. A uh, good thing I'm not like literally first in line. I'm like Mikey. Remember? No, I'm not. Remember that? Oh, this is uh, one of those millennial moments, D. There was this commercial for
1: cereal. Life when, cereal, Mikey. Yeah, he likes it. How the hell? How, was that wait i'm momentarily flummoxed I, I just
0: was that commercial still playing in the 90s
1: there's a, a lot of reference there's like, a lot of references to it
0: you know yeah so they would go like the commercial with like they give the cereal to mikey was just like five year old and they would all look at him and if he liked it they would go okay we can eat it mikey liked it and so that's kind of what the vaccine is like for a, well let's see what there's what happens to the first guys that take it I think I was talking to a young man named Mick Dumkey about this yesterday, and he goes, well, I don't have to worry about it for a few months, so. Anyway, so that was the bright one yesterday, shot or not. Now today is city's COVID attack plan. Lightfoot details Chicago, how Chicago will distribute free vaccines to all adults who live and work in the city, beginning with frontline healthcare workers and those most at risk. And it's like, yeah, when am I, when, suddenly everything's changed. When am I going to get to take the vaccine? Who's first? Who's second? Who's third? Wait, what about shot or not shot? Oh, that was yesterday's news, Ben. Get over it. So you know what? When I make fun of myself for being a flag blowing in the breeze, which way am I going today? Let me just say, D, I'm not alone in that. I'm not alone in that. So yeah, I have the liberty and luxury of waiting to see how the vaccine works or doesn't work. Yeah, probably take it. I take a flu shot. I know some people who don't take the flu shot Oh no I'm not sticking that needle in my arm The doctors be like take the flu shot I took the flu shot my nurses took the flu shot The guy down the hall took the flu Take the flu shot would you take the flu shot I know some people go "Mm, Not gonna take it So I'm gonna wait a little while Not that I'm at the front of the line anyway I'm just gonna live in my attic Never leave the house except for late at night when I go for a walk I see someone coming Across the street That's my existence (laughs)
1: Good. So all yeah, right. D, that's where I am. All well, over the map. We do have a show tomorrow, so I'll ask how you feel about it tomorrow. It'll probably be completely opposite. So look forward to that, well, everybody.
0: Whatever the Sun Times headline
1: says. Yeah, I know. There you go. There you go. You know, just whichever way the Sun Times is
0: going that day, I'm heading in the same direction. <laughs>
1: (laughs) Ben's Bible, the Sun-Times. All right. Uh, By the way, no public events scheduled for Mayor Lightfoot, but she may be having a quick one-on-one with a recently troubled member of her city council, one who seems to be in a sticky situation. (laughs) Ben, what can I say? I'm on a roll today. (laughs) Let's talk more about it. It's time for another episode, a brand new season of our favorite daily Chicago political soap opera, Warm Up the Cinnamon Rolls. It's time for A Mayor and Her Alderman. (laughs) A Mayor
0: and Her Alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think...
1: We want a friend to fuck you then. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Break it up now. My, oh, my. Raylo, go over there. (laughs) Now that was Raylo, but yes, today's episode of AMAHA is starring the 44th Ward Alderman and owner of the Chicago Breakfast Establishment and Sather, Tom Tunney, who was recently busted for serving seated customers inside his restaurant during the city's pandemic indoor dining ban. Other restaurants in the city and his ward can't have indoor dining. But, hey, it's rules for them and not for him. He's doing indoor dining, I guess. And even he had customers use a secret code to do so. (laughs) Guys, the Pillsbury ones aren't that bad. Do we need to go to these measures for cinnamon rolls? The following comes from the Chicago Tribune and Gregory Pratt. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said she's, quote, deeply disappointed. In Wrigleyville, Alderman Tom Tunney, after the longtime alderman, acknowledged letting people in uh, eat inside his Ann Sather restaurant, despite city and state rules designed to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. Tunney, whose restaurant is now facing up to $10,500 in possible fines from the city, uh, Lightfoot said Wednesday that Tunney, quote, knows what that what he did is wrong, and he will absolutely Be held accountable. Here's more from Lightfoot. Quote, I've heard from a number of restauranteurs about this issue, but the one thing they've consistently said to me throughout this very difficult year for them is just be fair. Make sure that whatever the rules are, that they are enforced uniformly, that there's no exceptions. And when people break those rules, they are held accountable. Alderman Tunney understands that he made an intentional decision to break those rules. He didn't just break them as a business person. He broke them as an alderman who swore an oath to live and abide by a higher set of standards than the average person. And that's one of the things I've been hearing a lot from people that's made them really angry and animated about this.
0: Well, lot to unpack there <clears throat> and I'll try to say cool, calm and collected. Uh, Dee, as I do the unpacking, because I've discovered Dee that uh, going on riffs, uh, ranting riffs, I should say, does not work well. And that people say, Ben, you should be calm. You should be cool. You should be measured. You should pretend as though, really just try to get through one segment on Tom Tunney as though you work for NPR. Okay? And be calm and dispassionate and measured, and maybe a little ironic, just a touch so that everyone knows how smart you are. And if they get it, they feel smart too. So that's what I'm going to do. Do you ready? Okay. So here we go. No rant, no losing composure, no banging table,
1: just cool and calm. No, this is boring podcast content. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's some, it works for NPR. A lot of people listen to BZ, all right? You know, I really like that dispassionate way they go about things. Please don't do I, this. This cool comic
1: collector thing. Know. No, no. So, so let me understand this. I'm just trying to understand this. This the mayor's
0: deeply disappointed. The bright one had that in the headline as well. Mayor deeply disappointed in Tony for violating indoor dining ban a curiously different reaction, I would say, to Thomas Tunney, the alderman from the 44th Ward on the North Lakefront. And let me point out that the North Lakefront is Lightfoot country. They love Lori Lightfoot on the north side of Chicago D the way you love Ann Sather's cinnamon rolls. It is just undeniable They salivate. Just the thought of Lori Lightfoot on the North Side. She's our mayor. We love her. Ben, don't say anything bad about her. I would almost say they love Lori Lightfoot more on the north side of Chicago than North siders love Rom. And they love Rom. I thought it was 75% of the vote for Rom? Close all those schools, close all those clinics? We still like them. He knows how to run a city, he's forceful. Sometimes you have to close schools, not my schools, but somebody else's schools. That's how you do it, Ben. And sometimes you have to close mental health clinics, not my mental health clinics, but those mental health clinics. See, Ben, you gotta get rough. You gotta be cruel, be kind. That's how you run a city. I live in the north side, I got everything taken care of. I don't worry about, you know, poor people, south side, west side. Come on, Ben. Cool, calm, collected. So I would just say there's an appearance, an appearance of a double standard when Ray Lo asks a legitimate question. uh, Okay, maybe he did go into Trump Country. Part of the okay, I grant that. But when he asks a question about a legitimate issue, such as the dispersal of police in the midst of rioting and looting. She, Lori Lightfoot, says he's 100% full of shit. I'm just saying what she said, D. When Thomas T. Tunney, and I just put the T in there because I wanted to. I have no idea if he even has a middle initial. When Tom Tunney. Triple T. Tommy T. Tunney here. (laughs) Blatantly, blatantly breaks the rules, violates the law. Tom Tunney that Mayor Lightfoot chose to run the most, well, no, that's not fair, the about second most powerful important committee in the Chicago City Council, the Zoning Committee, that oversees zoning matters for all properties. No development deal can happen in the city of Chicago if Tommy Toney's committee doesn't give it the okay. So this is a very powerful, important official in the city of Chicago. And when this man blatantly violates the rules and is only caught because of Second City Cop, got to give him credit again, D. Third day in a row, I'm giving you credit, Second City Cop. When he is caught violating the rules, she's just deeply disappointed. Come on. I don't know. There's got to be more punishment than that. There's got to be more consequences than that. And she said in that statement you just read, that Tunney understands He made an intentional decision to break the rules. I I gotta disagree with you, Mayor Lightfoot. And at the risk of offending all of my neighbors on the North side, I just have to articulate my disagreement with me. I've seen no sign whatsoever that Tom Tunney recognizes that he made an intentional decision to break the rules. Oh no, I think what Tom Tunney said was I made a mistake. Right? I pointed out a mistake is when you add three plus three and get seven. That's a mistake. And then you take a pencil and eraser and you erase out the seven and write a six. I think Tom Tunney only regrets that he got caught. I think Tom Tunney, oh, 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 here comes a rant. Gotta stay cool, gotta stay calm. No, you don't. Go for it. Come on. (laughs) I think that Tom Tunney's only regret is second city cop, as one of his employees said, ratted him out. You know? So it's just like the appearance of a double standard. Why this guy is the head of the zoning committee? I do not understand. We already voted for against her budget. Isn't that interesting? When JT, the great Jeanette Taylor, 20th Ward, uh, I said that she could not vote for the budget. She had a lot of objection to it. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, what did she say to her? Uh, D? What was the quote? Uh, Don't come to me for shit. Yeah, that's yeah. A,
1: for shit. Yeah,
0: Don't come to me for shit. Well, when Tommy Tunney votes against the budget, oh, well, you know, hey, it's your opinion. I got my opinion. You get to be zoning chair. When Tommy Tunney blatantly breaks the law, and undercuts everything that Pritzker's trying to do in the face of a bunch of fanatics with their Pritzker sucks signs, oh, well, <laughs> I'm d- disappointed. So I'm disappointed in that reaction from the mayor. You know what I'm saying, D? I don't know. It just seems to me that if a North Sider breaks the rules, oh, well, <laughs> it's just a mistake. I'm disappointed. What, are they going to find the guy? The guy's like a gazillionaire, right? He's got money. they going to f- I don't know what the fine's going to be. So, D, I just have to say, I'm very, I'm deeply disappointed in Mayor Lightfoot's reaction to Tom Tunney, and I'm deeply disappointed in Tom Tunney's decision to run a cinnamon roll speakeasy with its own code to get in. (laughs) What a city! What a city! We're the bluest city in America. We're supposed to be championing the cause of prudent health measurements. We're supposed to be supporting J.B. Pritzker in his lonely, valiant effort to keep Illinois from killing itself with this disease. And one of the most powerful aldermen in the city of Chicago is running an illegal cinnamon roll speakeasy just in defiance of everything. And you wonder, Democrats, why MAGA people don't trust you.
1: Shout out to Michael Girardi on the live stream chat. Uh, He uh, has that middle name for uh, Tommy T. Tunney, Thomas Tiff Tunney.
0: (laughs) Yes, you're right about that, Michael Girardi. I don't know if there was ever a Tiff deal that he didn't vote for, but he voted against the mayor on the last budget because, well, I'm worried about property taxes. That's funny. We are so worried about property taxes when it came to jacking them up to give money to Sterling Bay, by the way, if I could just say so on this little tangent, D. Great interview with the Tutton's of the hideout yesterday, which is dropping this weekend. We take the deep dive in the Lincoln Yard Tiff deal. We go back in time. Uh, The Tutton's, Timmy Tutton and Katie Tutton, who run the hideout, uh, we're in the movie City So Real, part of my ongoing series about the City So Real, which movie I love a little too much, I think. Um, I interviewed the Tuttons uh, yesterday. It was a classic interview. We were talking about the TIFF. but you're so correct, Mike Girardi. The man always votes for TIFF deals, handouts for developers who don't need it. You know, probably gives him a little cinnamon roll. Here, have a cinnamon roll with the handout.
1: And you know yeah. it doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, we're kind of sleeping on the omelets. Those are really good at uh, Ants <laughs> <Ed> Sather too. <laughs> They're really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's> just going <laughs> to... They're pretty. I'm not a big fan of the omelets. I've had the omelets in the end, so just saying, "D." Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of the restaurant. I mean, what the hell are you doing with this speakeasy? Whatever. I mean, it's a good restaurant. No, I like the restaurant. Don't get me wrong. I like the restaurant. I'm just not a fan of the omelet. Of I mean, sure, I'm we're probably saying. kicked out of there for life now, but you know, whatever. Uh, all oh right. So we have uh, Governor Pritzker. Governor Pritzker weighed in on uh, Tunny's, uh decision Uh-oh. as well. Uh, we read a little bit. This. We read a little bit yesterday, but this one uh, is a little more uh, has a little more punch to it. Uh, uh, Pritzker said to Tunney, shame on him. Shame on him for having people in a room packed together, not wearing a mask. He knows better. He should know better. If he doesn't, maybe he shouldn't be in the General Assembly. He said that? Yes, the sir. General Assembly? Yes, sir. Uh, it's City
0: Council. Ah, J.B., look, I'm going to go easy. I make mistakes all the time, too, okay? it's He's in the City Council, not the General Assembly. My point well taken. I agree with the gist of what you were saying,
1: J.B., yeah, sorry, JB. Our host is just a pretty big geek. All right, sorry about that. Yeah. By the way, do you like how I got through that entire
0: time tiny thing without, you know, going on a rant? Uh, were we listening to the same thing? <laughs> a rantless rave. Dispassionate. <gasps>
1: Oh, interesting
0: The governor said to do one thing And the uh, one of the most powerful aldermen In the Chicago City Council Just did what he wanted to do And guess what? <laughs> There's no consequences Hey man, what did Lori Lightfoot say About the guy in the car? What was that one again, D? Remember the guy in the car? I, I don't even know what the guy did That got her so upset She was gonna
1: It had nothing the to do with it It was just like an analogy she was saying No one was like, I want to Uh, Go on a car ride with you. Uh, It was like an analogy about younger uh, people, you know, spreading COVID. And for some reason, the statement came
0: I won't just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out. And I'm going to make you walk home. Yeah. Why don't you do that to (laughs) Tommy? Make him walk home. (laughs) I don't know. I just think that... uh... The mayor's a lot harder on just, like, faceless, nameless millennials in cars who aren't wearing masks and, you know. Then the guy playing basketball. Remember how hard she was on the guy playing basketball? Remember that one, D?
1: hmm
0: That was early on. I'm you say, you say
1: guy. It was kids. It was young
0: men yeah. playing basketball. Uh, and then, of course, the Great Lakefront thing where uh, the people who run the Life administration Woke up and realized that when the weather gets nice, people go to the lake. And the weather finally gets nice after a long, cold, lonely winter, as George Harrison would say. People run to the lakefront. Probably butchered that line by George Harrison. but doesn't matter. Anyway, remember that one, D? I'm going to shut down the lakefront. So,
1: yeah, different standards, D.
0: Different standards.
1: Hey, we haven't talked Madigan Gate in a while. You know, Madigan Gate the time when utility giants comment admitted to arranging jobs contracts and payoffs to the associates of one michael joseph madigan <laughs> after the november election we've had a lot more democratic politicians coming out and either calling for madigan's resignation or announcing that they will not be supporting madigan for re-election 19 democratic house members along with senators duckworth and durbin and governor pritzker included Speaker Madigan could actually lose re-election here. But many political bigwigs have been saying it. You can never count Speaker Madigan out. He's a damn crafty politician. The Speaker picked up some much-needed Democratic support on Wednesday. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Mark Brown. Members of the Illinois House Black Caucus announced Wednesday night their group's support for embattled Speaker Michael Madigan to remain in his position for another term complicating the effort to remove him. The move had been expected since the caucus heard pitches Saturday from Madigan and his only announced opponent, State Representative Stephanie Kivowit of Oswego, in a meeting orchestrated by the Speaker's allies. Here's a group statement from the Black Caucus, quote, After analysis, we believe our caucus is in a more advantageous position under the leadership of Speaker Madigan to deliver on our priorities. The Black Caucus has spent the last half of the year preparing an ambitious legislative agenda in response to the issues raised by the Black Lives Matter movement and civil unrest following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The lawmaker suggested Madigan gives them the best chance of passing it. The statement added, quote, We need a speaker that will provide strong, consistent leadership and support for the challenges ahead. At Saturday's meeting, uh, reported exclusively by the Sun-Times, Madigan pledged his support to the Black Caucus agenda and to raise the state's income tax if Governor J.B. Pritzker seeks to do so.
0: Raise the state's income tax. Now that the fair tax went down in flames... The fair tax went down in flames. The fair tax would have raised the rates on the highest uh, earners, the wealthiest people in the state. Uh, instead, they're going to raise the rates on all of us. Heck of a job, voters of Illinois. Let me just say that. Heck of a job. Your taxes are about to go up even more than they were going to go up. Where's Phyllis? Quick, make another commercial, Phyllis. Uh, what can I say about this, D? Man, I t- sometimes um, politics in Illinois... It's just like too amazing to believe. All right. So we just got finished talking about the cinnamon roll speakeasy. where the most third most powerful alderman in Chicago City Council, I'd say. Uh, gets slap on the wrist for openly defying Joe, uh, Governor Pritzker's rules that all the other restaurant people are supposed to follow. Slap on the wrist. That's it. And now uh, the uh, members of the Black Caucus are justifying keeping Michael Madigan in on the grounds that, what, uh, he's a leader in the movement for civil rights. It's, man, you stick around Illinois, you see it all. The evolution of Michael Joseph Madigan. I, re- I remember Madigan in the 80s when council wars was uh, flaring and Harold Washington was under siege from a uh, white alderman in the Chicago City Council uh, who uh, were trying to uh, sabotage his administration because how dare the city elect a black man, an independent-minded black man at that, uh, mayor in Chicago. Michael Madigan was nowhere to be found uh, in that one. i getting involved with that. <laughs> oh, no. Because Michael Madigan's uh, base of support is the southwest side of Chicago, and not um, a lot of support back in those days for Harold Washington in the 13th Ward or, or anywhere near it. But as uh, Rich Miller pointed out over the years, Michael Madigan Been very resourceful, has kind of moved to the left more and more. And really, it's all about taking care of his caucus members. That's what Michael Madigan's all about. He's he's all about staying in power. And staying in power means passing legislation when necessary that will benefit his caucus members so they get reelected. If they get reelected, then he stays in power as Speaker. That's how it works. Uh, if it means withholding legislation, that progressive legislation that people might like that are of the lefty persuasion, like, on say, on uh, a fair tax a few years ago, he'll do that. Why? Because that would put some of his caucus members in jeopardy. That's how he plays the game, folks. It's not like he has a fixed ideology about government. It's not like he woke up and, uh, and said, you know what? I'm outraged by what happened to George Floyd in Minnesota, and we have to have more fair, more equitable criminal justice enforcement. We cannot allow policemen just shooting uh, or murdering black people by uh, suffocating them. No, it's not like he did that at all, but he's a practical, pragmatic guy. He goes, hmm, this is the direction my party is going. Uh, This is what my caucus members need uh, to pass. In order uh, to uh, stay in office, so no, I'll help him out a little bit. I don't know how far I'll go in that direction, but that's the calculated what move that all of them are making. This is a very complicated game of political chess, Steve. We talked about this with uh, Jamie Andrade. Another shout-out for a show that's going to be uh, dropping uh, this weekend. And, and Jamie is a state rep on the northwest side, uh, and he's a Madigan supporter. He came on, he goes, Ben, ask me the Madigan question. I'm ready for it. Uh, And he defended Madigan. And he did a counterattack on the uh, representatives who have spoken out against Madigan. And he made a point of saying that uh, they come from white districts. And he talked about being against Madigan as a sign of white privilege. So it's an interesting counterattack that Jamie Andrade uh, used to defend his decision to stay with, uh, Michael Madigan. And I had a sense, uh, Oh, this is where we're going. <laughs> we're going with this one. So that's where we're at D but it's uh, like, you know, I look, there's 22 members of the black caucus. They have the ability really to, um, they could determine who the next speaker is. So if they got behind a member of their own caucus, there's a good chance that that member would be the the next speaker. Uh, Chris Welch, talked about him, the state rep from the uh, western suburbs, might be him. Uh, Jahan Gordon-Booth, the state rep from Peoria, been on this show, both of them have might be her. So they have that ability, that power. But right now, they're choosing not to use it. Well, folks, we don't know how this game is going to be played out. I mean, we have a long way to go in this thing. Because right now, Michael Madigan does not have the 60 votes he needs to be elected Speaker of the House. On the other hand, nobody else has the 60 votes they need to be uh, elected Speaker of the House. And the only person who has announced that she would run against Madigan is uh, a state rep who is so little known that I can't remember her name at the moment. Kifawit. Yes, Kifawit. Stephanie Kissowit of Oswego. So, it's going to be a showdown. And what Jamie Andrade was saying is that the uh, House members, the Democratic House caucus will meet, and a majority of them will vote for Madigan, and they will advance Madigan's name to the floor of the House, where there will be a lot of pressure on those 19 Democrats who said they won't vote for Madigan, I'll be a lot of pressure for them to maintain that stance because it's either Madigan, which is what your party wants and you're a member of the Democratic Caucus, or Jim Durkin, a Republican. And there's no way they're going to vote for Durkin. So D, will they fold? Will they do a flip-flop? I've been down to do flip-flops. I can provide every one of them with the sound effect of the flip-flop. Or will there be a stalemate and then uh, members of the uh, Black Democratic Caucus say, eh, well, we gave you a shot, Michael. Now we're going to put but Chris Welch's name forward. A lot of wheeling and dealing left to go in this game, D. It's not over yet.
1: All right. And uh, oh, well, you asked. Uh, Phyllis is here. Springfield politicians. They promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes. Ask, you shall receive.
0: There she is. Ah, God, I gotta miss Phyllis. Do you? Really miss those commercials. You know what I'm saying, D? Well, the guys on the Northwest side sounds good to me. I'll vote against my own interest because Phyllis said so. <laughs> ah, the voters. The voters of Chicago.
1: Forty fourth ward voters. Love those cinnamon rolls, D. By the way, for those wondering <coughs> Yes, there's still a giant bus waiting parked outside a bus packed full of Democratic politicians here in Illinois waiting to roll over the speaker uh, and not go run to figuratively run him over, by the way, Uh, for his reelection. The bus is looking a little shaky here. Guys, it's going to be okay. Stay on. Nobody jump off. It's just getting a little (laughs) worrisome. It's going to be okay. No one jump off. You think Will
0: Cazardi's getting a little nervous uh, now? That's,
1: yeah, well, I wasn't gonna say it, but that's <laughs> the guy I'm worrying about. Oh boy, it's getting a little nervous in here.
0: Oh <laughs> speaker madigan again. They're probably calling Madigan. again. I, I didn't mean to do it. It's that Dennis made me do it.
1: That Dr. D, he made me do it. They're blaming you, D. Ben, by the way, you want her off the bus. Where was I, uh, I can't remember, where was I the last time? Uh, I I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think I'm still, uh, wait, Okay. hold on, let me just, I need a little help here, D, sorry about this. If I'm on the bus, that means I'm against Madigan, correct? Is that right? Yeah, is that right? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I'm on the bus right now. Sorry.
1: Come on, Chris Welch. Get in there and run, all right? Wow, that was a surprisingly quick answer. (laughs) <laughs> well they're usually quick the problem is they
0: change from day to day okay hold on uh oh the phone's ringing d oh speaker madigan oh <laughs> so interesting that you would call at this moment i did not mean when i said that dennis made me say that all right gotta go
1: Manigan, wait hold on um <laughs> Kyle on the live stream chat, he weighed in. He says, "Boy, when it comes to having a consistent thought without flip-flopping about Madigan, Ben is folded faster than Superman on laundry day."
0: <laughs> That's actually is that a original line? That's actually pretty funny. Is that a, or is that like from Superman or something? It's true, guys. I I've been known to flip flop on Michael Joseph Madigan mainly because. It's like hard to hold him to standards when the Republicans don't hold any of their guys to standards. And by the way, there's a part of me that's very sympathetic to his argument, which Jamie Andrade uh, pointed out, but I got a some little sympathy. Oh, D, I feel a flip flop coming on in the middle of a show. No. Here we go. I feel a flipper coming. I mean, really? What do you do? Let me ask you this, listeners. If Commonwealth Edison came to you and go, we're going to put your best friends on the payroll just because we like you. Would you say no? Come on. Huh? Yeah. little honesty, listeners. Would you say no if someone just offered you jobs and contracts? Not even you. Your friends. If Commonwealth Edison came to me and go, look, we're going to put Dr. D on the payroll uh, as a speechwriter. We're going to pay him $100,000 a year. He doesn't have to write a speech. All he has to do is sh- show up
1: every day on your show. What I do, what I, what would I do, D? I. No, I'd be, I I'd imagine. be fired in a week. They'd be like, Dennis, where are the big words at in these speeches? We need big, we need to sound smart. We need big words. I don't know
0: any. But D, could you imagine how mad you would be at me if I turned it down? If I told you, uh, Dennis. I got an offer that would have given you $100,000 to be a speechwriter for Commonwealth Edison, but damn it, I turned it down because my integrity is worth more than that. I know you applaud my turning down of the $100,000 that you would get. You're like, no, I want $100,000. I'm just saying, folks, don't act like you're above it all. Okay, just saying, just throwing it out there. So, D, uh oh, flip flop time. Bang. I'm with Michael Joseph Madigan all the way. Now, it's funny.
1: Earlier, (laughs) you were railing, you were getting on the Sun Times about how that one day they're this and the next day they're that. What do I do? And look at this guy. Yeah,
0: at least I admit it. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes it's like there's no recognition whatsoever that their front page yesterday was the exact opposite of their front page today. That's the point. At least I admit it. I flip-flop, <laughs> which I've been known to do in the middle of a show. Well, yeah. But I'm sticking with that.
1: I'm sticking. With, that's it for the rest of the day. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm with Madigan. Guys, if, if anyone is believing him right now that's listening to this, you have. By a the problem. way, can I do
0: another? Oh, my God. We are going to do the deep dive on Madigan Gate. Uh, yes. Mad Dog. We got Danny Mialopoulos from uh, BEZ coming on next week. We <laughs> were just like, Mad Dog. From start to finish, A to Z, I cannot wait for that one, D. Yeah,
1: we we talked with the uh, Northwest Side political know-it-alls. It's going to be available for download this weekend on the Chicago Reader website and wherever else you download podcasts. Yeah, Jamie Andrade brought up some interesting points there uh, when it comes to Madigan Gate. And uh, we highly suggest that you check that out for more content. All right, Uh, Frank weighed in on the live stream chat. He says, I want KC Kelly-Cassidy for speaker.
0: I love KC. I'm with you, Frank. I love K. Uh-oh, here comes another flip-flop. Okay. <laughs> I do love KC. I don't think she's got the vote. She's got to announce that she's running. That's the problem, right? They, you can't get the votes unless you run, you know? Every now and then someone will say, Ben, why don't you run for fill-in-the-blank? blank All like, are you crazy? So, you know... KC's playing with the cards close to her, uh, you know, chest there, D. She's like, I'm not letting anybody see what my next play is going to be. So maybe behind the scenes, she's making phone calls. But right now she's not, um, you know, letting the world know that she's running against Michael Madigan.
1: Shout out to Kyle. He says uh, that uh, Superman laundry line, not an original line. He got that from the Simpsons. Oh,
0: that's well, a great line.
1: <laughs> so hey, uh, you know. By the way, we're t-
0: weren't you and I talking about the Simpsons today? Yeah, oh so. yes, we were talking about uh, how I was talking about how um, uh, Katie Tutton, who we interviewed yesterday, sounds like uh, the sisters in the Simpsons, Marge's sisters in the Simpsons. That's and then we went on this whole thing about how much we love the the people who do the voices in the Simpsons. So yes, a lot of Simpson thought. A lot of Simpson talking, The Bendorowski Show.
1: All right, everybody. That's our local news. Uh, remember, you can find us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, The Letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email, always, always send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. And you can call us 708 658. 4788. Eight. That number again. 708 <laughs> 658 4788. Eight. Call the Ben Jarovsky Show and leave us a voicemail, you know, because we're not going to answer it. So, yeah, leave us a voicemail. There's a good chance we will play that voicemail on our program. It's always a good time. And, you know, give us a holiday wish or something. I don't know. But I'm uh, looking here on our email. Looks like we have no new emails to read. So. I'd say that's good. All right. Yeah. So we're uh, Ben. anything you'd like to add before we take our break. Yes, I would like to add,
0: uh, and I, I, haven't lined up a guest to discuss this, uh, but this story has been on my mind. Uh, I don't know if Illinois joined the move, but I think it's 40 States and the FTC, uh, to go to court to break up Facebook. This is interesting. A little dilemma here. I'm not. I'm not I, I say this. I'm on Facebook. The show is on Facebook. But as Dennis uh, knows, and I'm not a big Facebook user. Uh, I post uh, my articles, my reader columns on Facebook, and from time to time when I remember, I post interviews on Facebook that um, that we do in the show. But I'm not really a fan of Facebook, and I've stopped doing Instagram completely, Dennis. I got to get back in on that. He's <laughs> always Ben, have you done any Instagram posting lately? Oh, but, uh, oh, man, it, uh, so not a big fan of Facebook, uh, but that said, very interesting. Our, you know, and here's another one, D I'm all over the map on this one, but I mean, this is tough. is a really tough decision. So follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen, essentially, um, the way Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook operates is that when they see any company out there that could be a potential competitor to them that they may have reason to think might challenge their control of social media platforms, they buy the company. And, and in fact, they'll go, name your price. They'll give them an offer they can't refuse. Uh, and then company buys them and becomes part of the Facebook empire. And um, and that way, Facebook, emerges with even more power and more control over the social media network. Uh, and uh, 40 states and the FTC have said uh, that, uh, the Federal Trade Commission have said that that's a violation of anti-trust uh, law, that essentially what Facebook is, I don't know if they use the word gangster, but it's like gangster moves by Facebook uh, to take have more power and uh, more control and more dominance than any one company should have. And uh, I'm very sympathetic uh, to that. But on the other hand, I mean, they gave an offer they couldn't refuse. They gave, how much did they offer WhatsApp? $12 billion, I think. I'm doing this on the top of my head, D. I can't, and Instagram, they offered Instagram over a billion dollars. So, like if Facebook came to me and Dr. D and said, Well, we really love the Ben Giraffe show, we're going to offer you $5 billion to turn your operation over to us. I don't know. <laughs> uh, T and I would be up, Well, what do you think? Uh, we can maintain our independence or we can have $5 billion. I think that is what we call it. Take the $5 billion. <laughs> So it's kind of hard for me to really, you know, get into the whole uh, anti-Facebook thing. I notice they don't pay a dividend uh, to their uh, stockholders. So in other words, what they're essentially telling the stockholders is, you give us your money, you invest in our company, we're going to take that money and buy other companies. We're going to get bigger and more powerful. We're going to control the world. So I don't know, D. D. I may be flip-flopping on this one even more than I'm flip-flopping on Madigan Doggate, which is a lot, but I'll be watching this one, and I just, uh, Illinois is one of the states, one of the 40 states, Kwame Roll, signed on to that. Illinois, by the way, I just want to point out is not, repeat, not one of the states that has joined uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton of Texas and his effort uh, to undo the election. Hail Mary from the Supreme Court. Happy to say Proud to say that Illinois is not one of those states. let to talk about Facebook. I'm going to try to get somebody on who knows a thing or two about antitrust law, get their thoughts on this, maybe help me come to a decision as to what I think.
1: (laughs) I need help knowing what I think. At Benny J. Show find us on Facebook all right leave us a message all right we're gonna take a quick break here and when we come back Vincent e Normit I think it's his live show debut is it not um or am I th- he may you know, have did a cannabis conversation he, with Lisa yeah he, yeah
0: he did a live show uh, he did a, I can't remember when he's been on so many times I can't
1: remember when uh, he but he I, I know he did a live show all right, well, he's coming back and uh we're gonna play a little Ricky Hinden, little holiday song from Ricky Hinden. And the Benjarovsky show will return after that. It is the Benjarovsky show. We are live from my apartment in Ben's Attic. Can you be my Let me be your fantasy, baby. Like the tree, I will be all that you need. with me, unwrap you underneath the mistletoe. We can sip some wine, kiss you from head to toe. Baby, don't you ever, ever let me go. I want you to know.
0: Can you be my boo? Can you please be my
1: Christmas? I want your arms around me. Wishing, please, can you be with me, baby,
0: on this Christmas?
1: I out me. Step this way. Come on, baby, ride with me in my sleigh. Tonight we're gonna party, girl. It's time to play my favorite game. And yeah, you gon do this on Christmas Day. Day And go all the way. Merry Christmas baby. 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 Please love it. Please love it. Wishing you be my boo. Can you please be my pretty? Be my Christmas baby. Be my Christmas, baby. you please, can you be with me, baby, on this tree? Oh. I got something very nice for you. And got your shorty baby to baby. stuff, my stuff, Whoa. right here, baby. Your stuff, my stuff,
0: right here, baby. Your Christmas wish Is that I gave you your best friend I'm with your arms around me